New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. This year is all about is accountability. Being able to not getting your feelings or taking it personal when somebody's coming over and giving you constructive criticism. And as a man and as a professional, you're supposed to understand that. And y'all could talk shit back to each other here and there or get mad after practice or after that game or after that moment so that you don't prolong yourself. Yeah, stop playing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wise words from Derrick Rose. What's going on? This is Jailers from Nick of Time show here. Give me that Nick's talk just in a nick of time. And I thought I would start the episode with inspiring words from the one and only Derrick Rose, who had a, a speech coming back about accountability. And coincidentally, Julius Randall just happens to walk in to the press conference of Derrick Rose as he was talking about accountability, call that serendipity, call it an act from God. I think it's fitting. What's going on? This is JLS from Nick of Time Show here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And right now it's time to talk about some recent Nick's news. We're going to talk about some training camp discussions. We're going to talk about a little bit about content day. And we're going to talk about a little bit of rumors too about Evan Fournier, presumably starting uh, the battle with Grant with uh, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, and a little bit more. Yeah, one hater quitter. Quick news update for your man, Jay Ellis. And we're going to start out with talking about Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose, as you know, he was the guy on the Knicks and I know he's only coming off the bench, but low key, very low key. He was probably the most or one of our most important players on this Knicks squad. A lot of people think that we didn't close a lot of close games because we did not have Derrick Rose on the court with us. Mm -hmm. And me, I am one of those people. I think we sorely missed Derrick Rose um, when it came to the season, especially closing games. But now, but now, Derrick Rose is back and better than ever. He has lost 20 pounds. He lost 20 pounds. He's now back to his rookie playing weight. Um, he's so proud of his body. Matter of fact, he's walking around like he's channeling J.R. Smith right now. Walking around the gym, walking around a press conference with no shirt on. He did the whole press conference with no shirt. So to me, when I'm looking at this and Derrick Rose, you can tell that man's ready. That man is absolutely ready. I feel like Derrick Rose is going to have a great year. And, you know, we, we have that trio of Derrick Rose and uh, Jalen Brunson with IQ playing that guard spot. And I think you're going to be okay. But here's the thing for me right and we I, we talked about this on our last live stream if you haven't caught, caught the live stream please check it out um i i talked with with my guy ryan and lee and we talked all about cam reddish and other nicks um for our breakdown show but back to what i was talking about earlier derrick rose at this point 
I feel like it still has a lot to give. And even though as good as he is, I do feel like there might be time to start thinking about transitioning away from some of these vets into your youth. Uh, it would hurt because to me, Derrick Rose is still one of my go-to, one of my favorite players on this Knicks team. But we have to see what else other people have. What else we have here on this Knicks squad. And in particularly Cam Reddish. And I talked about this a little bit on the last stream. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in depth right now. To me, the easiest path to Cam Reddish getting actual playing time with these New York Knicks is going to be through Derrick Rose. Now, why would you say that, JLS? Well, a lot of you know we are deep at the wing position. Tom Thibodeau um, was axed on media day or content day about the shooting guard dilemma because it's very competitive at that wing spot. And he was asked, is Evan Fournier the front runner to be a starting shooting guard for New York Knicks? And he said, yes. Um, but as you know, you know, that could change. That could change. But I, I, I'll, 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 I'll move on to that a little bit later. But for now, I'm going to talk about Cam Reddish. When you see what Cam Reddish has to go through, he has to outplay Grimes, first of all. And I said this before, Grimes today, at this moment, came out in the league a better defender than Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish does not outperform Grimes on the defensive end as a, total, as a whole, and he does not outshoot Evan Fournier on the offensive end. So he is kind of at an uphill climb. Well, for him to get some minutes, he has to actually beat these guys straight out right. Now, if there is a crack in the armor, the crack is Evan Fournier because Evan Fournier's defense is very so-so. And he, Evan Fournier even admitted it um, in the press conference. He said himself that he let the offense dictate his defense. But other than that, other than him not trying on defense sometimes, sometimes he got straight up lost. Um, he didn't know where to be on switches and rotations. And also, he's just not physically able to keep up. Cam has tools, the correct physical tools to actually do this. And he's actually in the high 90s in pick and roll defense. Um, way, 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 way above Evan Fournier and the pick and roll side. So for I, I get these exact numbers to you. Cam Reddish, 95th percentile on pick and roll defense as a ball handler. Evan Fournier, 36 percentile. All right. So there is a, a way for Cam to get there. But for him to get into the starting lineup, he has to be a strong 3 and D guy. Not even the starting lineup. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not the starting lineup. For Cam to get into the rotation, the rotation, he has to concentrate on being a 3 and D guy. But with that being said, it's still going to be rough for Cam to break that ceiling. It's possible, but it's going to be rough, which is why I say the easiest way 
for Cam to get into the starting lineup might be through Derrick Rose. And here's why. Derrick Rose, I have no doubt in my mind, is going to beast. He's going to beast. Evan Fournier, he might give us something similar to last year. When you're looking at the trade market, there's not really a huge trade market for Evan Fournier. We just saw Utah trade uh, Bondanovich, and that's Danny Ainge, Utah. The guy he wants your soul, your firstborn, your kids, your wife, all those. Shout out to World Wide West. Shout out to World Wide West. He let us know. He let us know. He wants everything. He can only he only got a bag of beans and a peanut butter sandwich for Bogdanovich. So what do you think the trade market will be for Evan Fournier? We might have to attach a pick to move Evan Fournier. And so for all you guys who saying, you know, move Evan Fournier so Ken can play, I don't think it's very likely. Don't think it's very likely. Now with that size of that contract, the length of that deal, I don't think it's very likely. I do see that Derrick Rose ball out. And I can see teams knocking on the door championships who needs a backup point guard to call the Knicks and inquire about Derrick Rose, especially the way he's looking all chills and stuff in his interviews. This is why I say the path, the easiest path for Cam Reddish is through Derrick Rose. But for many, when I'm looking at the front office and I'm looking at how Leon Rose gushed over Derrick Rose, when it came to uh, the the in-person interview with Alan Hahn, right? When it came to that interview, I, I still don't likely see them moving Derrick Rose unless, unless a few things happen to make them comfortable with moving on from Derrick Rose. And here's what I feel like has to happen for the Knicks to be comfortable with moving on. One, Cam Reddish has to ball out. When he has his opportunities, he has to take them. As of now, it's just been reported that um, Grimes is in a walking boot. Right? Uh, shout out to Ian Begley. He, he's reported Grimes is in a walking boot, but they said it's not serious that the Knicks are only taking precaution, but these are the types of opportunities that you have to take advantage of, right? Hopefully Cam Reddish worked on his body enough in the off season to fully uh, take advantage of these opportunities. Cause he had this opportunity last year when Grimes got hurt and he started to play better and then he got injured, but Cam Reddish himself has to take care of his body because uh, he keeps getting injured every year. But I digress back to my point. Cam Reddish has to take care of his op opportunities. And, that, and that's 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 the first thing. He has to wow the coach and the front office for them to be able to be comfortable moving on from Derrick Rose. That's the first thing. Second thing, Emmanuel quickly has to hit. If you know me, you already know I'm a part of Quickly Hive. I love me some Emmanuel quickly. I'm really excited about Emmanuel quickly. I feel like he's going to take a step this season. Um, he hasn't really put together a full season yet, 
But I think this is year year. This I think this is the year where Emmanuel quickly puts together a full season and becomes the playmaker and a scorer and a, and um, a defender that we really want and need. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing quickly play. But for me, when I'm looking at this landscape for the front office to be comfortable moving Derrick Rose, they have to see that a passing of the torch is happening in front of our eyes. And Emmanuel quickly and Cam Reddish, which is why I say that the easiest path to Cam Reddish to play might be through Derrick Rose, at least long term. Or it could be injury as well, which is nothing, something we don't want. And um, as, as I told you before, Quentin Grimes is in a walking boot. Um, that's what's been reported by Ian Begley today. Hopefully it's nothing serious, but this is the type of thing that um, we have to, 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 that Cam Reddish has to take advantage of. Now, I know a lot of you, including me, I personally want Quentin Grimes to start. I do feel like Quentin Grimes' game benefits the starting unit more than even uh, Evan Fournier or even Cam Reddish to me, only because Quentin Grimes is a low by uh, uh, low usage, high volume three point shooter who is neck and neck with Evan Fournier when it comes to three point shooting. Matter of fact, Quentin Grimes edges out Evan Fournier when it comes to spot up shooting. 91st percentile for Quentin Grimes, 87 percentile for Evan Fournier. Where Evan Fournier actually does better than Quentin is probably shooting off the move. Um, which I haven't looked up, but I should look up uh, before tomorrow's show. All right. So um, the thing is, he has that. And then you, also, you already know Quentin Grimes defense is on another level. It's on another level. He still has some room to grow there. But as, as, for, as far as isolation defense, he's the best isolation defensive player on the Knicks at the 93rd percentile. So Quentin Grimes, to me, uh, off the gate should be starting for the New York Knicks. And this brings me to some other news where when Tim Tom Thibodeau was asked who's the front runner to start, he said Evan Fournier. And but he also today was asked about Cam Reddish playing. And that's when he talked more about, you know, the wing position being uh, very competitive and everything is open. So Everybody was getting up in arms about him. Started Evan Fournier, even me a little bit on Twitter. But, but if you look at what happened last year, even though Evan Fournier started at the two, we already saw he was getting the Alfred Payton treatment. What I what did I call Alfred Payton treatment? The guy who starts at first but ends on the bench. So there is chinks in the armor and it's opportunity for both Quentin Grimes and Cam Reddish to actually steal minutes from Evan Fournier to take over this opportunity. And for Cam Reddish, this is Cam Reddish's contract year. If you're not motivated this year to get that bag and do your thing, you will never be motivated enough. So Cam Reddish has to step up. But in my eyes, Quentin Grimes is eventually going to be the starter. And I said this last season and I was wrong. 
But um, I I definitely feel like this season and it has to happen. Even if he even if Tom Dibodeau doesn't start quitting Grimes and begin the season, I do feel like by December, January, it'll be Grime time. And baby Allen Houston, baby Clay Thompson, whatever you want to call him, will be starting shooting guard for the New York Knicks. That's just the way I see it. That's just the way I see it. Um, in other other Knicks news, though, because it was content day, it was media day, and I've been a long, away from you guys for so long. Something else was talked about. Uh, something else happened. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Looks rested. Look rested. Look happy. Um, he looked like he slimmed down. He looked like he lost some weight. He looked like he's ready to run. Cause you already know last season, um, he wasn't running back on defense. But I, you know, people feel like you know Tom was running him too much and taking his energy. Um, and also you know mentally he seemed like he checked out. So hopefully the time off did him some good, and his new body will help him run some more. But it looks like he slimmed down and. And here, here are my takeaways from Julius Randall's uh, interviews on Content Day or Media Day. For one, it seems like Julius Randall is open to not having the ball in his hands as much because they asked him about that, and he he kind of he kind of was was like. You know, it's going to be easier for me because we have somebody here who can handle the ball, take some pressure off of me. And the Knicks were trying to do this last season. If you remember when we got Kemba Walker, but they might they they got it right this year with Jalen Brunson. So uh, it seems like he might be more um, ready to relinquish the role as a ball handler. Now, can he play off the ball effectively? That might be another ordeal. We have to wait and see about that. The second thing I noticed is during the interview, he mentioned playing faster and playing harder. And he also recognized that there might be some spacing issues because he also said we all like to operate in the same space. But he also mentioned that he and other guys have been working on their shooting. So, um, so they're going to, they're going to, he seems like he wants to concentrate on movement this season. And as you know, when Julius Reynolds at his best last season is when he was grabbing and going, getting the rebound, fast break. And we didn't really see him move off the ball all that much, but for this squad to be successful with RJ Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and Mitch. We need off-ball movement, and we're going to need Julius Randle to move off the ball a lot more than he has. Um, so I'm glad that he mentioned that. And also one more interesting tip that he mentioned, and I'm going to play this audio for you right now to hear what I'm talking about here. Here we go. You know, um, like you said, when it's good, um, I, I, it's easy to do it. That's good. Um, when you're going through adversity, I think it's even more important. So uh, I learned. I learned a lot. Um, so I, I'm just excited. You know, I feel. I feel great about our team, um, physically and mentally, where we are as a team, and uh, just ready to get the ball rolling. 
Yeah. He talked about being a leader. Now, for me, I'm not looking for Julius Randle to be a leader. I don't think it's his thing. We saw what happened last year. Um, I'm hoping RJ Barrett steps into that leadership role because he already has the demeanor of a guy who should be reading the team. And he's been like that since day one on the Knicks. Um, so for me, I'm not worried about Julius Randle being a leader. Julius Randle, lead by example. You don't have to be vocal. I'm hoping RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson takes over that role. Just don't be a distraction. To me, I, I just want Randall to be a good follower at this point. I want him to be a good follower and I want him to take Derrick Rose's advice and take accountability from guys who, who give it to you. Now, I, I remember Evan Fournier trying to uh, hold Julius Randall accountable last season and they're not going the, the right way. So I'm hoping that seeps in for Julius Randall. Uh, like I said, I'm going to cheer for Julius Randle. I'm cheering for anyone wearing that blue and orange uniform. It's going to be a clean slate this year. Hopefully Julius Randle figures it out. So shout out to Julius Randle. All right. Uh, other tidbits from training camp and training camp news. RJ Barrett seemed to handle the rumors pretty well. Um, he seemed kind of unbothered. He was like, listen, man, um, when all the Donovan Mitchell stuff was happening, I was away. I was in my bubble. I was working out. I'm here right now. That's all that matters. I want to be here. So it's all good. Let's get to work. That's like, that's what I like about RJ Barrett. Always unbothered, always forever the leader. All right. Leadership mentality. So. Nothing more from that that I really took in away except for the stuff I already knew. He's working on his step back, his off the dribble moves, and he's working at finishing at the rim, which we all know we sorely need him to do at a higher clip. All right. And the only other notable thing, oh, two more things, kind of notable for me, was Obi Toppin. Because Obi Toppin and Julius Randle are directly connected. And it seems as if Obi Toppin worked on a little bit of everything. He worked on three point shooting. He worked on post-ups. He worked on defense, uh, but he also ended up working with a former NBA player and sharpshooter Don McClain. All right. And it was set up through his agency, through CAA and other players he was working out with included Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, and Kobe White. So Obi Toppin had the opportunity to work out with some big guns in Paul George, Paul George, Paul George, I'm sorry, and Carl Anthony Towns, which I think would be good for him, but what's really good for him, what I really like to see is after all that happened, he made his way back to the grumpy old man Tom Thibodeau and worked out with him at the end of the summer. And this is what we really need, right? Because we already know that Obi Toppin was not given the time that he deserved. Um, and, and you know, he's not a perfect player. He has his deficiencies in, in defense. And what better thing to do but to get some, some personal one-on-one -on -one time from Tom Thibodeau and, and pick his brain and be like, yo, Tom, like what? Why don't you play me more, Tom? That personal interaction between a player and coach that can push the needle. That could push the needle one more, uh, a little bit further into getting more playing time when you have that rapport. 
with the coach. So hopefully that interaction bears fruit and Obi Toppin is more prepared to take on um, a little bit more of a minute role, minute distribution. And I'm not going to lie. When it comes to the Knicks, I'm more skeptic about Obi Toppin getting playing time than ever before. Mark Berman was on this program and he mentioned that Tom Thibodeau was regretful for not playing Obi and Emmanuel quickly more. Hopefully that wasn't a, that, that was real. And we get to see Obi and IQ more this season. All right. Those are really all the notables I have. Um, besides that, the only other thing I really like to highlight is everybody here is in a Nick uniform right now and comfortable, but Leon Rose still might be working in the background. And for me, I'm I'm not really expecting a trade to happen, but you just never know. You just never know because the one thing that I got from the Leon Rose Alan Hahn interview was that he feels like the Knicks will be aggressive. Not he feels like he said the Knicks will be aggressive in making another move. They have a bunch of first round and second round picks. They have young players. So if an opportunity arises, they will make a move. So I'm looking at the trade deadline. I'm looking at December. And I'm thinking no one is safe. Nobody is safe. So keep your head on a swivel. Ian Begley also said something interesting. He said there's a 40% chance. I think he said 40% chance Julius Randle will be, uh, could be moved. Um, so you already know that's, you know, almost a coin flip, not quite, but almost a coin flip, but chance. So the Knicks still might be working in the background. But um, nothing is imminent, and we just got to keep our eye on what's happening. But, yeah, that is our show. Um, Definitely check out me and the guys on KOT. Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down the games of Quentin Grimes, uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, Julius Randle, Obi Toppin, and we're going to be talking all about it. All right? So... That is our show. We out of here. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Nick's YouTube streets. That's my show. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city, your dreams. I'm coming,